This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. When Daniel DeBoer's son was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, the serial entrepreneur gathered a group of biotech experts to pursue a new approach to treating rare diseases. His company, ProQR, is developing a platform for correcting faulty RNA that underlies specific rare diseases. We spoke to DeBoer about how he came to launch ProQR, the company's platform technology, and why the approach may be able to address a broad range of diseases. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Of course, Danny. We're going to talk about RNA. I, I'm sorry. <coughs> Let me start over. We're going to talk about RNA therapies, rare disease, and Procure's efforts to develop medicines that target genetic-based diseases. I'd like to start with your own journey, though. You're a, a serial entrepreneur in the IT industry, but the seeds for ProQR grew out of your son's diagnosis. What happened, and what compelled you to start a biotech company? Yeah, indeed. So uh, in my previous professional life, I was an IT entrepreneur. I started and ran and eventually sold a number of different IT companies. Um, and then eight years ago, my son was born and, and, and diagnosed with a a severe um, organ disease, cystic fibrosis. And at the time, this was in, uh, in, in 2009, uh, there were no treatment options available or even on the horizon for patients with, uh, with this disease. So at the time, I decided that I wanted to see what I could do for cystic fibrosis. So after I uh, sold my last IT company, I spent a year or two um, understanding uh, drug development, understanding medicine, understanding where the state of the science was, uh, what the best positions were in the world and um, what companies were, were making an attempt to develop uh, a drug for cystic fibrosis. And at the time, I also um, uh, started building a, a network in, in biotechnology, biopharma. And through that journey, I, I visited most of the cystic fibrosis conferences um, to learn about CF and what was going on there. Um, but I also met with uh, a number of very experienced um, uh, biopharma executives including Henry Tamir, the, the former CEO of Genzyme. Um, and after two years of preparations and um, uh, 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 research and, and bringing people together and science and finding a unique uh, approach, we decided to start Procure Therapeutics in, uh, in 2012. This was, um, um, at the time, I co-founded the company together with Henry Tamir with Dinko Valerio and Gerard Plattenberg, who are both European biotech entrepreneurs. Um, and we started the company 
really uh, with the goal to add a new approach to what was being pursued in cystic fibrosis. Um, at the time, there were um, some approaches by small molecule approaches, but you know, gene therapy uh, had failed just before that, and we thought, you know, if we are going to do something for CF, it really needs to, to be something innovative and something that really adds to what's already being done. Um, so we, we, we found a, uh, uh, invention that was done at, uh, at Harvard in Boston, um, and we licensed this invention that described an, an uh, RNA technology that could potentially treat cystic fibrosis. Um, we licensed that from, uh, from Harvard, and that basically was the start of the company. The, was your son's cystic fibrosis diagnosis that drove the founding of ProQR? You, you have a diverse pipeline. Do you consider ProQR a, a platform company? Yeah, so when I started in biotechnology, I, I saw all these companies that were developing just one single asset. And when I learned about the low probability of success of one individual program, I, in my mind, it would be very difficult to build a sustainable company um, by just betting on one program. So we decided early on to diversify. So based on this general principle of targeting genetic diseases at the RNA level, we decided to establish a, a broad pipeline. And today we have programs in cystic fibrosis, in uh, certain forms of genetic blindness, like Leber's congenital amaurosis and Usher syndrome. Uh, but also in uh, a very severe skin disease called dystrophic epidermolitis villosa. Um, so from this entire pipeline, there's now um, uh, four different programs that are in different stages of development. And over the next 12 months, we're actually going to learn in, in three of these programs uh, if patients can benefit from those therapies. When I think of RNA therapies being developed, I think of them being developed to inhibit the production of of, a, say, a protein that's driving a disease, but your Axamir platform is doing something fundamentally different. It's actually repairing faulty RNA in a, in a disease state. How do your RNA therapies work? Yeah, great question. So, indeed, RNA technologies or RNA oligonucleotides like Antisense or RNAi are known for knockdown of specific proteins or knockdown of specific RNA that leads to a reduction in the amount of protein. What we do is different in these. We modulate the RNA such that we get functional or, or wild-type protein. So um, we use a, a variety of different mechanisms depending on the type of mutation that's causing the disease. So, for example, we use axon skipping, we use splice correction, um, and indeed we, we use this um, novel platform technology that we invented in-house at Procure, called Axiomer. And Axiomer is a technology that allows us to do individual base editing at the RNA level. So we can change an individual base in the RNA, uh, in this case from an A to an I. And we can do that by delivering nothing else than a single-stranded oligonucleotide that then recruits, recruits an endogenous uh, enzymatic complex called ADAR that's already expressed in all of your cells. And with this single-stranded oligonucleotide, we can guide ADAR to a place in the RNA where we wanted to make that, that edit. And that edit is very specific. It can change an A to an I, cannot do anything else. So we think that's a very powerful tool to open the door to treat diseases that up, up until now are untreatable given the type of mutation that, that, that they, that they're caused by. How, how precise and thorough is this at editing RNA? How reliably does it 
hit its intended target, and is it only hitting its intended target? Yeah, those are great questions. Specificity is always something that immediately comes to mind. Uh, in this case, we, um, the, the specificity of this mechanism is, is exactly the same as the specificity of any other oligonucleotide approach. So knockdown or um, axon skipping or splice correction, because the therapeutic modality as such, the single-stranded oligonucleotide and the sequence that is coded by determines the specificity. So it's, it has the same specificity as every other oligonucleotide uh, approach. And then once it actually binds to the target site, there's only one trick that this this uh, enzymatic complex can do, and that is changing that A to an I. So there's no, no concern about um, triple, double or triple insertions or deletions or other uh, potential edits that, you, that would not be desired. Um, it can only do this one specific edit that, that we would, uh, that we designed it for it to do. So we think it's both uh, specific uh, and very precise. I, I want to run through some of the key candidates in your pipeline. Your lead candidate, QR110, is a, a potential treatment for Lieber's congenital amaurosis, a, a genetic retinal disease that causes blindness. There are several genes that can be underlying this condition. Are you targeting patients with the condition broadly, or is this only intended for patients with a specific mutation? Yeah, indeed. We're, we're developing QR110 currently in clinical trials for patients that suffer from Leber's congenital amaurosis type 10. So this is the um, uh, specific form that is caused by a mutation uh, called the CIS998X mutation in uh, the CEP290 gene. Um, this, this form of LCA, LCA10, is the most common form, and it leads to uh, a very rapid loss of vision early on in life and Typically, by the age of 10, these patients are completely blind, and uh, today there's no treatment options available uh, for this disease at all. And what do we know about the therapy to date, is, and is the expectation that this can prevent a patient from getting worse, or is this actually reversing the loss of sight? Well, we're in the midst of doing a clinical study to understand that. So the goal eventually with all of these genetic therapies is to go into patients as early as possible in life as, as soon as they're diagnosed to prevent any progression of disease. Obviously, there's many patients that have progressed disease. And in the current clinical study, we're actually uh, making an attempt to answer both questions. So we're dosing both adult and pediatric patients. And um, the goal is to understand that we can... Uh, stop the progression of disease in, in patients that, that still have some vision left. But maybe more importantly, if we can reverse the vision loss in patients that have gone blind, uh, but still have cellular structure in their retina that we can potentially revive um, when when we restore a, a functional septonite protein in those cells. QR313 is a potential therapy for recessive dystrophic epidermolosis bullosa, a, a rare skin condition without treatments today. Where are you in development on that? So QR313 for uh, dystrophic EB due to the axon 73 mutation um, is a program that is uh, uh, entering the clinic any day now. So we've completed all the preparations and uh, will dose a patient in, a clin in the first clinical study um, any day. And then um, in this trial, we will dose patients that have this you know, that suffer from this very severe skin disease. And for the people that don't know, this is, this is really one of the worst diseases that, that, um, that can affect these children. They, 
develop large open wounds over the entire body that never really close anymore and due to those open wounds they have a very low quality of life and also limited life expectancy. So in this trial that we are uh, now starting with Fluor 313, we uh, will dose patients for a month with either um, treatment or placebo. And in this study, we hope to establish that um, at the molecular level, we restore the genetic defect at the RNA level, but then also that we can measure that patients heal their wounds in the treated areas and that those wounds uh, remain closed after the treatment period is done. Um, and the first data readout in that clinical study will, will come in the second half of this year. Um, so we're, we're pretty close to uh, getting some of those questions answered. You have a, another therapy in development for Usher syndrome due to mutations in exon 13 of the USH2A gene. Usher syndrome causes both deafness and blindness. Does, does your therapy address both those manifestations? Yeah, so Usher syndrome is a disease where patients lose their uh, hearing capacity. Typically in their teens, they go completely deaf. And then uh, by the age of, um, by, the, by their mid-40s, they're also completely blind. So they de develop tunnel vision that gets more narrow over time until it gets completely dark. Um, we are developing QR41A uh, initially for the eye manifestation of the disease. So it is an intravitreally administered uh, product that is administered to the eye with the goal of stopping the progression of the disease and potentially um, uh, expanding the visual field. So as these patients get blind from the outside in and more narrow, uh, we hope to expand that field where, where patients can see. Um, given that the mutation in the eye part of the disease is the exact same as the one in the ear, um, we, we could potentially in the future use the same therapeutic, formulate it in a different way, deliver to the ear, to uh, potentially target the, the hearing loss part of the disease too. But initially, this clinical study that we're about to start um, will focus on the, the, the eye symptoms. Last, I want to ask you about Elupsir and your experimental therapy for cystic fibrosis. This is an inhaled therapy. Was delivery as an inhaled therapy any kind of an issue? And, and where are you in terms of development of this one? Yes, for an important for cystic fibrosis, for the most common mutation called Delta 5-wave, uh, we have completed two clinical studies in patients that have this particular mutation. Uh, both studies actually told us to, that uh, uh, the drug has an effect on patients and that, that that's, you know, to date has been found safe. So both studies were positive and uh, we're currently planning the next steps for that program. We are indeed delivering that as an inhaled oligonucleotide. Um, the goal there is to get uh, the drug as efficient as possible to the lung epithelial cells. And given that these oligonucleotides are very stable, but also that they're very small, um, the, the delivery through intravitreal administration was actually very efficient. So we see uh, a very efficient uptake into those lung epithelial cells. Uh, before, with cystic fibrosis and gene therapy, there have been some, uh, some big hurdles to get the gene into those cells. But, you know, uh, with gene therapy, those, those products are less stable and are, they're obviously also a much larger size because they're, they're the size of the full gene. So they were never able to penetrate through the mucus that patients have in their lungs. Um, but with this oligonucleotide approach, that was not an issue. You're not the first CEO to start a, a rare disease company to develop a, a needed therapy for a child, but CEOs and parents have different priorities and responsibilities. You're, CF therapy is not your lead candidate. Is there ever a challenge or frustrations or concerns about conflicts that you need to confront as you make 
decisions about prioritizing and advancing your pipeline? I think that's a very good question. Obviously, that's um, uh, that's always a sensitive area in these situations where uh, the CEO of the company has a personal involvement with one of the indications. Um, in in my situation, I've I've not uh, uh, stood for uh, difficult decisions where uh, where the interests, so to say, were not aligned. Uh, fortunately, a lot has happened over the last eight years, cystic fibrosis, and, and many uh, therapies are now in development and becoming available on the market. Um, so that means that my interests uh, are, are fully aligned with the ones from the company. And I have a great team around me with very experienced uh, biotech entrepreneurs and a, a, a great board uh, supervising me uh, that helps me uh, through potentially difficult decisions. Daniel DeBoer, CEO of Procure. Daniel, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Danny. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.